You're listening to the Mom Mindset Podcast. As a mom, I know that you face challenges every day, but I also know that those challenges don't have to steal your joy and confidence as a parent. Each week, we'll adjust the different challenges and mindsets that moms face and show you how to overcome them so that you can thrive in every season of life. After all, you are the best mom for your child. Hey there, mom friends. If you are anything like me, you have a lot on your plate. You love being a mom, but you also have other passions and interests that you want to pursue in your life. So today I am so excited to welcome a special guest to our show, Megan Riley. Megan is the COO of Tippy Toes, which is a company she and her sister, Sarah Noose, started in 1999. Tippy Toes is a children's dance company that aims to develop a love of dancing in children by creating a positive experience that promotes healthy living habits, helps build self-confidence and a love for others. She is also a mom of three and the host of the Who's Your Mama podcast available on BYLR radio. And I just recently learned she also has her own radio show. So (laughs) welcome Megan to the Mom Mindset Podcast. Thank you, Abigail. I'm super pumped to be here. I absolutely love what you're doing. And I feel like anytime there's a place where moms can gather and chat and learn from one another and help each other, it is the place I want to be. So I love, I love it. I'm happy to be here. Yes, we're so excited. So I know I gave kind of a brief overview, but why don't you just share a little bit more with our listeners about your company? Absolutely. Well, thank you. First, you did a great job. Um, So my company is called Tippy Toes and we go, we started really, Sarah started it as a sophomore in college and she just went into daycares to offer dance classes on site. So she would, you know, she was living at the sorority house and she would drive to different, different daycares, preschools, mother day out, mother's day out programs, and would offer dance classes there at the school. So it's a major convenience for the parents. And then the kids have a blast and they get their dance in. And so it started really organically like that. She's a few years older than I am. So I followed, um, I went to the same school that she is, she was in and, um, started doing the same thing and going and teaching dance at, at different schools. And then over time, it just continued to grow by the time we both graduated, we were able to do it full time um, and we expanded. And, and so now we have just really so organically over the years, we have now franchised our business. And so um, we have 35 franchises in the United States. And then we recently expanded internationally. And so we have different there actually in the United States, it's all female business owners and they all go into the, their own community and they bring our dances, content, music. We have original music and all of our lesson plans, everything ready to go. So we find amazing people that are ready to run a business and they go and they bring joy and happiness to kids through our dance classes. And um, it's such an honor and I love it so much. And it's grown as you can imagine over the years, but um, you know, it's always coming from a place of really loving the fact that we're serving kids and families. And, and so that's what, that's what I continue to do. And now one of my favorite things is helping other women run their businesses and help them get their franchise franchises up and running. And, you know, it's just a blast. So that is, that is what I spend most of my time doing is building that brand and and working on different things for tippy toes. Yeah. That's amazing to have an international company. And I know as a mom, uh, anything you can kind of show up to and it's ready to go and you can just drop your kids off is a huge convenience. <laughs> I'm it like is now helpful. thinking, man, I wish there was one in Pittsburgh so I can use it too. I know, Maybe. I know. Hey, Pittsburgh moms, let's get one. <laughs> Somebody want to start a business there. <laughs> is totally. something you ever imagined doing as a kid? Like you imagined having your own business? 
you know, it's funny. I used to come home from school and I would put on a business suit and high heels and I would play business. <laughs> like <laughs> I, so yes, I would say I always wanted to have a business. Um, it's odd now. Like I look back at lists from high school and different things I wanted to do. And on my list was always entrepreneurial and it has changed. So I'm actually a registered dietitian by schooling. Um, and and, but even when I was really focused on wanting to do nutrition before tippy toes even was a thing, I wanted to speak. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to work with sports teams. Like I never, I always wanted, I was very entrepreneurial from the time that I could like even knew what was going on when I was playing make-believe I had my, I made up this architecture company that I said I was running, you know, and I was like nine. So, so for me, yes, it's always been there that I always knew I wanted to run a company. Now I, I didn't, I didn't know it'd be tippy toes or anything like that, but, but I've always loved the idea of creating something and serving people. Those two things really light me up. Mm -hmm. And was that something that you saw like modeled out in your life? What kind of things were the women in your life doing? Yeah, it's um, not really, to be honest. Um, so my mom was always, she always was working, but it was usually a part-time thing. Um, and then, you know, she'd always like, she was picking us up at school and running us to dance and basketball and whatever after school. Um, so she worked part-time. She actually did teach dance um, and she had different jobs, but it was always part-time. Cause she started out as a, as a teacher. And then once she had kids, she went part-time with that. Um, my dad was in sales, you know, but he wasn't entrepreneurial either. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there were people in my life that, um, but that, you know, like actually the, the, um, Shelly Ledbetter who ran the dance company that I was in as a child, she was a female entrepreneur that I watched my whole life. Um, but like, there wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, I didn't really have an example of that until I got older and started stepping out more and looking for the Sarah Blakely's in the world and the Kara Goldens and the people that I would then be like, Oh, look at what she's done. That's amazing. You know? And, and, and I, as I got probably in my college days, I started leaning more into learning about business and, and I discovered at that point that I loved it. Like I could, you couldn't get me to read a, a fiction book if my life depended on it. But then when I discovered like good to great or um, rework or any of these business books, like were the, some of the first ones, I was like, I loved it. And so that was just kind of an indication to me that that really kind of, that's always been a part of me. I think it's just been a natural bend for me in my life. Yeah. That's really cool. That's funny that you say that you wouldn't read any other book, but once you hit business books and that's such a way to tell like where your passion is something that yeah. you might not normally do, but when you attach it to your passion, you're like, all right, I'm ready. Let's that's it. it. Yeah. When I'm sure so many people are like, what? Like, how, like that sounds so counterintuitive, but for, and it's weird. Cause it doesn't make sense to me either, but like I, that it's so true. Like I would be so bored if I read a fiction book um, in a minute, but you talk, you start talking about leadership. I'm like, Ooh, this is so fun. So anyways, I don't know what that, anyway, it's funny. So you put all of this work, all this energy into your business. And then you kind of, I'm sure you get married and you start thinking about kids. Like, how did you start to decide that the timing was right for that? Yeah, it's, it's a very personal question as far as like, everybody's going to have a different answer. Mm -hmm. And I think the key to that answer should always be like that you are really zoned into yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's very easy in this world where we all share so much to look at each other's papers and think that we should be taking cues from other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, we, we got married and it was about five years later before we had kids. And that was exactly, you know, we, I, I, it was, 
you know, people say, you know, and then, you know, like you'll know when you know, or whatever, that's what happened for me is I was like, I did not want kids. I was, did not want them right away or whatever. And then when I, and not that I didn't want them, I wasn't ready to, to go down that path. Yeah. And, um, and then I was ready and I just felt like, you know, I knew that at that point I had done tippy toes for many years and I knew that I could take on more and, um, you know, I knew I could figure it out. I knew that I enjoyed my work and that, I mean, I, I definitely would say I was up for the challenge and I kind of, that's where I, I think that's as much as I could say, I really knew at the time, mm-hmm. I had no idea how hard it would be. I did not know how hard motherhood would be. I did not know how hard it would be to balance both or to try to do both at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm still shocked at how hard it can be, to be honest, yeah. but I was ready for the challenge. And so that was when I kind of was like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to challenge this. I, I liked the idea of, you know, I would picture the, I think a lot of times as parents, you think about all the good things that you can imagine. Like I can picture like being on my computer and having them on the play mat next to me or whatever. Like that seemed like, it's just kind of, for me, that seemed fun. Like that would, we kind of be hanging out together and, um, and then also I knew that there was nap times and there was this and that, and I just thought I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. And that's really what happened. And then, um, as any parent can tell you, you're never really, you never really know what it's going to be like. And you don't even know what it's going to be like one child to the next, you know, like your child comes out and they will tell you what they, who they are, what they're going to take from you or how much of you they need or whatever. Um, but that was it. I was ready for the challenge. And so, uh, we jumped in both feet and, and then five years into our marriage, I had my first daughter Harper. Oh yeah. It sounds like, um, you had a lot of confidence both in yourself, like as a business person, but also in yourself as, as a wife and a mom and like all those other pieces of who you are. Yeah, Abigail, that's a great point. I think that's important. And I also had a, I have an amazing partner in my life and that's a huge factor. Um, when we talk about trying to do, you know, run a business and have a family. And for me, my secret weapon will always be the most incredible, supportive, helpful, hands-on husband, dad that, that I have. Um, that's without a doubt, why I've been able to do like run to be toes, but then also do these other things is because I've got a spouse who's like, let's go. Like what, you know, he's just super supportive and, mm-hmm. um, and helpful and incredibly helpful. I mean, we are, we are in this together a thousand percent, you know, it's, it's, we both go hundred percent towards the kids and we get it done that way. I love that. And I like that you both said you both go hundred percent toward the kids. Like it's a hundred percent for your business and a hundred percent for your, for your kids, you can give your all kind of in a couple of different areas of your life, just depending on how you choose to structure yeah, that. Totally. So, you know, obviously confidence can take you so far, but then there's <laughs> reality and how did, you know, kind of having kids and running a business, how did you sort of establish, I guess, a pattern that worked for you, establish boundaries that worked for you to help you be successful and feel like you were giving what you wanted to into both of them? Yeah. Great question. Um, and again, what I found with this is that you have to just know yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to respond to that reality. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I felt found, found myself feeling early on was like, I was messing everything up because I would, I would hear about how people would compartmentalize their time or they would do it very structured and they would have like, they would work before the child woke up and then they would do this and then they'd have playtime and they had a very structured day. For me, I felt like I was failing because I wasn't doing that. And this was early on with having a baby. Cause I was like, but 
but for me, when I stopped and thought about it, I was just doing whatever I was doing. I was going through my day and it was, you know, conference call, play time, conference call, tummy time, you know, like go for a walk on a phone call. Maybe not, maybe yes. Go to the park swing, like whatever, like my days were all mixed up together, mm-hmm. but I loved it. And I was happy and I was productive and I was there for my child and I was singing songs and we were playing mm-hmm. and I was getting way more time with her than if she weren't at home with me. Mm-hmm. And so the truth was, is I was checking everything I wanted to be doing, but I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that success because I thought I was supposed to be doing what you read about and what you hear about or what other people did or what people who seemed successful to me were doing. And so I was like, I I felt defeated Mm. for a while. Um, and until I stopped and I was like, but I I'm good with this. Like I I'm good with this. I feel like I'm a present mom. Mm -hmm. My kid likes me. I like her. (laughs) Like we're good there. I'm getting my work done. So, so this is going to be my okay spot. This is going to be how I'm going to do it. Um, and kind of when I realized as I, as I had more years under my belt in business, I also started to realize that I relied a lot on like what other people did and, and thinking that once somebody did something well, a certain way, that was how you had to do it. And that's just not, that's not right. (laughs) It's not true. There's a million ways to do every single thing in the world, including parenting. And so the minute I kind of just leaned into whatever felt right for me and my family, was when things got a lot more fun and I enjoyed it. And I, and then honestly, I was more proud of myself. I'm like, this feels good. Like I'm having fun. I like this, Mm -hmm. but I had to stop worrying about what worked for other people and just focus on what worked for me and my family. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy that you say that. Cause it's like, you went into motherhood, you were doing all the things and really you were being successful, but because of that comparison, you felt like you weren't that's so crazy the way that that can work that like once you kind of free yourself from the expectation of oh so and so does it this way and so and so does it this way and say no what makes me happy what makes my family work like and that's good enough right totally that's so good (laughs) it's important I think it's important because we do hear so much I think as parents we hear so much Mm -hmm. you know we hear experts and I will get hung up on experts too like but this is what they say. This is how they say you're most productive. This is how they say, this is what, and it's like, yes, that might be true. Maybe for a lot of people, that's a great way to do it. But the thing was, is I, if I was honest with myself, I should never have even been looking for what the right way was. Cause I was in stride, mm-hmm. but I still felt like I needed to look for answers. And I, instead of being like, are you good? Are you happy? Is your baby and family healthy and happy? Is your business healthy and happy? Yes, 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 yes. Then let's go. <laughs> like, then yeah. don't worry about it, you know? And, um, and, and what I think is so cool is like, if you think about it, if you take yourself out of the equation and you think about it in terms of somebody else or like even a different circumstance, if you think about it in terms of like somebody else's business or whatever, you would never say to somebody, is this working really well? And have them say yes. And then you say, okay, then you need to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, but mm-hmm. sometimes when it's ourselves or our family, we feel like we need to like check certain boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just not true. It's just, you just have to be, I think it's more about being really tuned into yourself and your family and your child, you know, to be able to get cues from them on, on what you see going on in, in their life too. Yeah. So I know you're really adamant about, you know, it's everybody's, it's what works for you, but I'm just really curious, like, what do you find helps you balance that role of being, you know, a COO of a company? That's like one of the 
the top leaders in a company while also trying to be present for your kids? Like what is something that does work for you for that? Yeah. So I have, I've done different things and honestly, it changes every season. Mm. I love talking about the seasons of life because it's very different. Like when you are, when you are, when you have newborns and you're nursing or you're doing naps every two hours or three hours, like things are different, you know? And so you show up differently and you do things differently. And, you know, I would structure my day differently. And then, and then now my kids are four, six and eight. And so for instance, we were getting ready to do this podcast and I was going to be at the park and then the wifi wasn't good. So I moved, but like years ago, I never would have been, I never would have scheduled a, a call right now. I probably would have done like an early morning call, you know, with, cause I knew there would have been a good early morning nap. And then I would have scheduled a bunch of stuff in there. So I use my time. I think parents who have more than, you know, maybe one thing going on at a time, they use their time really, really carefully. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when my kids are occupied or doing something, I am knocking stuff out and I am not messing around. Um, I'm not scrolling on internet, on the, on social media. I'm not doing things that aren't important. I, I know what I need to do when I need to do it. And so for me, one of the things is always um, prioritizing what needs to get done and then focusing in on those things at the times that I have availability. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that availability is at, um, I've tried different things. I've tried to do the really early morning thing and I actually really liked it, but, but then everything kind of shifted and, and I stopped doing that, but I can see that working for people. Um, but then also just knowing that season might change and then that, that might not always work. And then, you know, you might have a, 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 it might be late night. And that's kind of where I've fit in right now is I am doing a lot after bedtime. I'm, I'm getting a two or three more hours of work in. Um, and for me, that's joyful. Like I would rather do that than watch or surf on Netflix forever and then pick a show an hour later. <laughs> like I would rather work cause I enjoy it. Um, and so, so I think that's it for, for me is one, knowing that the seasons that you're, whatever routine that you have, you need to know that you might need to be adaptable as things go and that's okay. And then trying to be, I'm just very, very careful with my time and the times that I have available. So um, when I have work time, when my kids are either with my husband, you know, my husband's on them or, you know, whatever then I knock stuff out and I don't, I don't dilly dally and I don't do things. I don't go around my house. I don't look at the kitchen. I'm not looking at all the things I need to do around the house. I'm not on the, you know, I'm really focusing in. So I'm careful to focus in on what I need to do in the times that I'm available. And that helps me a lot. And then knowing like, there's no work day for me. Like there's not like an eight to five, nine to five, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's 24 seven, which means there's sometimes in six hour stretches of the day where I'm not working because I'm doing stuff with my kids, but then I might be catching up on those hours at night or in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. so back to our first part of the conversation where it was like, everybody says, have the structure. Like you can see by my answer there, like, I don't, I still don't. And I just do what I need to do when I have time to do it. And I'm very efficient with my time once I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said about seasons too, because I'm a, I'm a young mom. I had two under two 19 months apart. And what worked for me in the first few months of them is not what works for me now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually somehow busier than when yes. <laughs> my baby was a newborn. Um, and even when I was making goals for the year, I said, I don't want to make like a goal saying, oh, I'm going to get up every morning at this time because I have a baby. Like, no, yeah, she can totally five 30. And if I said, I'm going to get up at six 30, then like, what am I going to do? Sleep for half an hour. So right. I- 
said to myself, instead of worrying about, oh, the structure is my goal, like the results are my goal. And I'm going to figure out like every month kind of check in, like, am I doing what I want to do? If not, Mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's adjust. Let's move forward. I'm not stuck to this one system that I put in place just because I decided to do it. I can be flexible Mm -hmm. to my needs and my family. So I really liked what you said about the seasons. Yeah, that's awesome, Abigail. That's that to me, that's exactly that's a great approach, especially when you have little tiny ones, because they do eventually sleep. (laughs) And then, you know, thinking about getting up early, you know, where there are just so many variables when they're that little, like Mm -hmm. they could just very easily get up in the middle of the night, you could be up for two hours randomly, and you don't expect Mm -hmm. it, you know, but that's not that uncommon at that, you know, like that might happen every couple of weeks or something like that. And in which case that can throw you off or, or I think it goes back to just not wanting to let that defeat you you know it's like well that don't no no no. that's okay like that's just one thing just keep rolling you know and so I think that's that's great that you do that yeah yeah so going back to what you were saying about how you're really kind of focused with those pockets of time where you are able to be uh, kind of present with your family uh, and I kind of want to tie this into what we were talking about when we spoke a little bit earlier about gray lines Um, and that's you know how do you stay flexible with your family while also kind of having this to-do list that you do need to get done for your business. Yeah. Well, I think for me, what I have learned over time is I, I am not afraid for the different buckets of my life to mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is to say, like, I want my kids to see and realize that I want our family to be healthy. So whether that's my working out or, you know, whatever I'm serving them for dinner, side note, we've just recently moved. So don't ask me what I've been feeding my children lately, because it has not been as healthy as I would like to acknowledge seasons. Thank you, Abigail seasons. Anyways, but that like there was, and again, our workouts too, like before we moved, my husband and I were working out every day together. And I loved the idea of my kids were seeing that, you know? Um, so that's, that's a part of my life, my professional life. Now that encompasses the radio show on BYLR radio, the podcast, who is your mama and tippy toes. Mm -hmm. Um, that's weaved into my family life. And then my family life is my, my highest priority and definitely my most important thing. And if push came to shove and I had to pick one thing, I would be with my family and that would be, there's no question about that. That's my most important thing. But I, I weave those all together all day long because one, that's how I can get stuff done. That's how I can raise my children, run a business, you know, try to keep everybody healthy and strong. But also um, what I love is that I love the idea that my kids are seeing me work towards something that is important to me. Mm-hmm. They see me, they see me have passion about something. They see me serving other people. They see me talking to moms. Like a lot of times they'll be like, mom, you should talk to this mom and maybe she can talk about how, how fun it is to be a mom, you know, like hearing, hearing their perception of it is great, but, um, I like that they're seeing me do things. And so, you know, in this, in this, it's funny. Cause in co- once COVID hit, everybody was, everybody kind of got shoved into this place of family work life mixing together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard for a lot of people who didn't choose it. I chose it. And so I've been doing this for a long time. My kids have always been around. So for me, I know some people have, have wanted to be careful and not to be on their phone or their computer when their child is around. And that's totally like, there is a space that that your kids don't need to feel like they're always second to your computer or your phone, Mm -hmm. but I'm not afraid for them to see me working 
or working towards something because there's so much value in what they're learning there. You know, they're seeing me struggle. They're seeing me, you know, problem solve. They're see- seeing me help people and serve people and be kind to people and, um, and, and, and chase their dreams. Like I can't imagine anything better than having them, having them watch someone trying to chase their goals versus like telling them about it, you know? And so, um, so I, I really don't worry so much about like, about being super cut off, I guess, with how I spend my time. Um, you know, my kids will see me work. My kids will see me work out. I will, um, tell, I will schedule a meeting and say, I can't do it this time because my kids need me during that time. Like it goes both ways. Um, you know, I, I, back when my kids were not they're at virtual school now, but I would be the room mom and I would do that when I could. Um, and I would, schedule meetings around that. So I could be there. So my child would know that I was there at school cutting paper, but she could see me doing that because that was a priority for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but then, so everything, there's two sides to every part of it, you know? So that's, that's, I think kind of where the gray line comes in, where it's like, the priority is sometimes my child. And then sometimes my kids are set, they're doing their own thing. I can't, I don't, I don't want to entertain my child every second of the day. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good for them. I think they need quiet time. I think they need time outside with a stick. I think they need time, you know, trying to figure out how to share with their sister or screaming at each other, whatever. Like, I think there's value in all those little moments. And so I don't hold myself to the standard of, I need to be at their beck and call 24 seven. And I also don't hold myself to the standard of, I have to be serving my business 24 Mm seven. So I do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And I don't worry about how those lines intersect or how they even cross over. If my child comes in while we're doing this podcast interview, the world will continue to revolve Mm -hmm. and everything will move on just fine. Mm -hmm. And I have figured out how to go, like keep the momentum going forward, even with those interruptions here and there, because I feel like it's just life. And, and, and I mean, I, I just don't want to ever pretend like, you know, I, I have, this is, you know, that everything's so structured, everything always goes how it should go or whatever, because it doesn't. And, um, but I just don't think what I'm doing, um, is doing a disservice to either my business, my family, or the health of either one of those two things. Yeah. Wow. So That's a much, long answer, Abigail. Oh, Jeez so Louise. Much good stuff in there though. <laughs> I think my favorite takeaway from what you just said was just that it's okay for your kid to see you do other things. And I don't know if that's because of like Instagram, seeing all the cool activities that you can do with your kids and feeling like you should be doing that all day. Totally. Um, I know we talked about it when we kind of first talked over this Mm -hmm. podcast was I said, uh, sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't want my kid to see me work, but there is value in that. You're absolutely right. There's value Mm -hmm. in him seeing me pursuing my dreams. And it's okay if, you know, and it's okay if my boundaries are different than yours, you know, it's okay if I right. say, you know, I really want to minimize that as much as possible. And you say, I have a little bit more leniency, like, mm-hmm. but I think just to even give myself freedom to say, you know, Hey, this is going on in my work and this is important to me. It's okay that he sees me doing that. It's okay. If I'm on my phone doing a post for one of my clients, you know, occasionally it's not yeah. going to ruin our relationship. He knows I'm here <laughs> for him. He knows I love him. Right. Uh, and I think that's just an area where a lot of moms can get tripped up and feel like so guilty over something that might not even have that big of a, a long-term consequence. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Abigail. And I think you're right about two things I want to comment on is um, the boundaries being different. Like I, I so respect wherever anybody else's boundaries are, because 
I hope all that I care about somebody else's boundaries is that they're honoring what their life needs and what they are called to do for their own life. So for all those moms out here that I might be listening that are like, I want to be at home full time and I don't want any other focus on anything else. Super like good for you do that. Like that's where you're going to be happiest. You've got to do that. And for those moms that are like, I have a hard time being at home. I don't, it, it, it pulls everything out of me and it does not feel like a good place for me. Then great. Then go do what you need to do. And you still serve your child when you, when you have them doing something that's going to be good for them and happy for them. So like everybody just needs to like, I feel like do you, you know, and, and, and unapologetically do you, Mm -hmm. and just know as long. So that's one thing. I love that you said that because everybody's boundaries should be what they should, they should have for themselves. And then secondly, I think the key that I think sometimes somehow gets overlooked, even though I feel like we also talk about all the time is communication. Mm -hmm. Like I tell my children, I'm going to be working right now. And like, after this call, I'm going to go to their two in virtual school. And when one kiddo is watching a show right now, mm-hmm. so that I can make sure that this, I didn't get, you know, possibly interrupted, but having said that they still could come in, but when I'm done with this, I'm going to go up and I'm going to help with homework for both. And I'm going to say to them, I just finished this work. You know, I, I did, I, that's what I was doing. I had a lot of fun. I was talking about parenthood. I miss you. I love you. What have you been doing? Like sometimes it's just like putting that intention in black and white for your children that it makes me feel better as a mom. Like, okay, well, they saw the action of me doing work, but I want them to also hear that I was still thinking of them. I still care. Like they're still, you're always a priority. Like that's what I was doing. What were you doing? And I just think sometimes that, that little bit of like focus on communication. And even if they're two, you can still say like, you know, I missed you and I wasn't here. What are you doing? You know, and just having those conversations and getting in the habit of talking about it, because I also want them to feel like they can talk to me Mm because listen, they could very well come to me one day and be like, I don't want to, I feel like you work too much. I want them to know that we can have conversations about our lives Mm -hmm. with each other. And so that's just you, when you said that about, you know, that just triggered that, that thought I wanted to bring up, I think the importance of communication between family members. Yeah, absolutely. I've recently started doing that with my two-year-old and it can be challenging because his communication and his understanding of like the sequence of events that something (laughs) happens and then something else happens is Mm -hmm. still developing. But actually the other day for the first time I said, Hey, I have to finish this email for my client. I said, but as soon as I'm done, I'm going to come over and we're going to play trucks together. And he actually said, okay. And walked over to his trucks. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. He finally got it. So I finished yes. my work and I went over and kind of followed through on what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And I think, like you said, that's great. That helps kind of like relieve any kind of guilt. It's like, nope, we all mm-hmm. understood the expectation. He understands that, you know, he has his time and my work has its time mm-hmm. and it's okay. We can mold those two together. Yeah, totally. I love love that. that. That's awesome. Good. Well, so I'm going to kind of, I have two questions to kind of close up. And the first is uh, what advice would you give to a mom who either has recently started a business or kind of feels that urge to start a business? Uh, Just what kind of advice would you give to her? Well, I am a, I mean, if you've already started it or if you want to, my first advice would be like, do it, (laughs) you know, do it because I just, I think, first of all, I, th- I think the reason some people don't is because they're afraid it won't work out. Mm. 
And to me, that is not even a close to a reason that is like a reason to do it because if you do it and you fail, you're going to learn so much. And then the next thing you're going to do is going to be better because of all those lessons you've learned. Mm -hmm. So reframing how you see your business and the outcome is really important. I, I help women start businesses all the time with tippy toes and the, you know, a factor that's made major, major to the success of people is doing things is taking action. It's like taking the steps because otherwise you can kind of find yourself in neutral for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're drawn to that, and if you really like it, that you should trust yourself. There's a part of it to me. That's like, you're so capable. You are so capable. We're all capable of doing the things that we love and are passionate about. And, you know, if you're starting a business, make sure you love it. Make sure you want to spend time on it because it's going to be hard and there's going to be long hours and you're going to be doing it. Maybe like, what do you want to do at 10 o'clock at night on the couch? Cause I, you, you might want it to be your work, <laughs> you know, like if you're your business that you're going to start, because you probably will be like, if you're going to start something, you're going to put the time into it. Um, but to me, none of that's bad that I just said, like you might have long hours. It might be working at night. Like you, you might fail to me, like reframing all those things as positive is really important. Like find something that you would want to do on the couch at night, find something that you wouldn't mind failing because you like it so much, or you believe in it so much that, that, that journey is what you're really after. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think jump in, you don't have to know how the story ends. You just have to start writing the story. And I can be one that can say like, but how is this going to play out? Like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be worth it? And it's like, that is a place you could stay forever because you're never going to know. You won't know until you start doing it. So, um, so I think that can be a factor that stops people from doing it sometimes is because they're like, I don't know what will come of it. And it's like, sure. Nobody does. Like even, yeah. you know, Sarah Blakely is not going to know the founder of Spanx. She's not going to know. She just released men's Spanx, like a whole line of men's Spanx. Well, she couldn't tell you what it's going to be like in five years. She can't say, I know it's going to be add another billion dollar factor to my business, or it's going to fizzle out and be nothing. She doesn't know that, but she has to just start and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think taking the mystique out of doing it and just go after it. And, Mm -hmm. and to me, that is a sign of trusting yourself and betting on yourself. Would you rather bet on yourself or would you rather bet on somebody else? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm a proponent of it because I love that. And it's, it, it, lights me up in so many ways to be an entrepreneur. And so I think if somebody feels that spark that they could do that. And I will just say, as I mean, guess, I guess as a plug to tippy toes, but also like there's more than one way to be an entrepreneur. Mm. So like, you know, being a franchise owner is a really cool thing. And, and obviously I would love tippy toes owners, but like that's a whole world. I think that people could really explore, especially a parent because you have this like support system or you should with the franchise that you select Mm -hmm. and this community, and they can kind of, it could, it, it can help you grow without feeling the lack of the safety net that sometimes scares people. Now, some people are going to be like, heck no, I want to do it all myself. Well, that's great. Like that's a different place and don't do a franchise. But for those people that are like, I do want to do something on my own. I want to kind of have this creativity and I want to serve my community, like maybe find a franchise that could be a good option for you. And then there's all the many sales options that you can do at home. There's just so much out there. So I would, I would never put, don't be the person to tell yourself, no, like Mm -hmm. trust in yourself, go after it and see what could come from it. And if you fail, who cares? Everyone is so worried about themselves. No one will even notice or care if you fail. And if they do care that you fail, you don't need them in your life. If everybody that's in my life, if they were like, ha you failed, I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't have anybody in my life like that. 
So if you have somebody in your life that would do that, get them out of your life anyways. Yeah. Um, but just do it, you know, like you, you've got, so, everybody has so many amazing gifts and we're here yeah. to use our gifts and help other people. So if somebody was wanting to start a business, I would tell them to jump in two feet and trust themselves. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. I love that little bit at the end about getting the right people around you. Cause that so absolutely important. makes a difference. Even as a mom, like getting the right moms around you who are going to support yep. you, who are going to say, Hey, that's the right choice for you. I a hundred percent support what you're going to do, you know, totally. uh, kind of speaking about support systems. I wanted to come back to, um, one of the other things that you do besides tippy toes, which is that, uh, podcast, who is your mama podcast. And on that, I know you interview the moms of different successful people like Sarah Blakely's mom, uh, the creator of Spanx. So before we kind of wrap up and I give you a chance to share anything else that you want to share, what's one of the, uh, your favorite takeaways from those conversations that you get to have with other moms? Um, oh man, I love it. I've, I'm on a break right now from the podcast and I'm missing it so much because I love these conversations I had with these women. I have, there's 27 episodes. So if anybody hasn't listened to them, um, especially for the, like the people that will be listening to your podcast, um, I think it's, it's really helped my mindset and it's really helped me as a mom way more than I thought. Like I kind of thought it would just be cool and fun to learn, but it, there've been so many things that I have implemented as a mom. So specifically one of them I've heard time and time again from a, a PGA mom, like a mom whose son was in the PGA, a mom who raised, who raised Sarah or Kate T Parker. She's a famous photographer. She wrote the book strong as the new pretty. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think like almost every mom I talked to Jesse Etzer's mom, Sarah Blakely's mom, they said, basically enable your child to be who they are like champion your child's abilities, Mm -hmm. love them for who they are, not what they do. And so they all said it in different ways, but the point is kind of like, they come to you as this person, like, yes, you are raising them, but like your child is exactly who they are meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so foster that person. Don't try to change them. Don't try to push them. You know, if they are leaning into art, but you played sports, don't try to, you know, like let them, let them bloom where they have been planted. And I hear that over and over from the, from the moms. And it's really funny to hear the stories like Sarah Blake, I keep going back to her. I just love her, but her, she, her mom would share a story about how as a child, she was really in, you know, her mom, first of all, never tried to entertain her. Like her, her mom would say, you've got a lot of toys, go figure it out, go play. Mm -hmm. And so Sarah would go play. She would go start things. She would start businesses. She would invent things. And that was who she was at nine. And then that's who she is today. There was another mom whose son was in the PGA, but her other son was struggling in school. And she had this notebook that she was doing with him and to like keep track of his schoolwork. Well, she stopped checking the notebook after a couple of weeks of him doing well. And then she went to find the notebook and there was golf courses drawn all over it. And she was like, huh. And so instead of saying, darn it. You're not doing your schoolwork. She was like, man, these are really good. Well, today that son of hers is a golf course designer that was in high school. He was drawing doodling golf courses. And so it's kind of back to like all there, there's all these stories in the, in the podcast that I have. Um, and it's just moms seeing who their children are. So like I, it has made me step back and kind of observe my kids more Mm -hmm. than push things towards them. Um, like, where do they naturally go? I've got a daughter who wants to go outside. She wants to be with nature. She wants to look at rocks. She wants, she loves science. She wants to do an experiment every day. And I haven't pushed that at all, but she just comes to me wanting to do that kind of stuff. 
Um, so loving your children for who they are and, and letting their natural self shine through is something that I hear time and time again. And I love, and then of course I hear just like, love them like crazy, like just love them, you know, cause they, it goes fast. And one mom was like, I wish I would have snuggled them more. You know, I wish I would have hugged and snuggled them more, you know? So I hear everything from like these really deep, profound things to like, give them a hug, <laughs> you know, um, and really everything in between. But those are some of my, some of my favorite things. And then there's other little lessons that are like actual, like one mom talked, Colin O'Brady, he's this world adventurer. He's incredible. He's written a New York Times bestselling book. And his mom talked about like how she would handle when he would use the word hate, like how would she handle that? that today? Did you really? Oh, that's I so did, funny. Yeah. I love that. And I now I say that all the time. So what she would say is he, she would, instead of saying, no, no, don't say hate. She was like, I didn't want to tell him what to say. I wanted to have him think more about what he was saying. So I would say, well, hate is a really, that's a man, that's a really strong word mm -hmm. and kind of make him think like, do you really mean that? And now my four-year-old will hear her sister say hate. And Kate, who is four is mm -hmm. like, Stella, that's a really strong word. And so we'll be like, I know I didn't mean that. Or yes, I meant it. I hate mosquitoes or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but so it's, there's all sorts of little nuggets in every episode. And, um, it's, it's helped me as a mom way more than I ever imagined to be perfectly honest. I was kind of doing it because I thought it sounded fun. And now I'm like, I've been, like I said, on this break and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to get the next season going and, and talk to more moms. Cause I just, I've learned so much and I've loved it. Yeah, that is, it's an amazing podcast. I was listening to that episode. I had to pause it right before the part where she talks about how she responded when he got injured. Uh, yes. Yeah, like a really terrible accident. And it's definitely on my list to go back and finish listening mm -hmm. because I think that's something like as a mom, you sometimes worry about. Um, yes. but yeah, I'm so excited to listen. And I guarantee you moms who are listening, you definitely want to check out that podcast. It's on B Y L R radio. So don't forget to check that out. Um, uh, I have Thanks for plugging so much <laughs> out of this, Megan, uh, so much out of this podcast, so much good stuff and perspective, um, so much mindset work too, which you know we're all about here on this podcast. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to add before we kind of wrap up for today? And Abigail, you did so good. It was, it was awesome. I feel like you cover so much. And, and like I said, from the start, like what you're doing, I think is so great to just create communities where women can um, support each other and know that like parenthood looks different in every single house. It's like a thumbprint, like everybody's parenting will be different. And I think finding groups that resonate for you is really important. And that's what you're doing. And I, I think it's awesome. So I have nothing to add other than that. I love this podcast. I love the idea of it. I love your approach to it specifically. Cause I think you can, I, you can feel that you're coming from a really genuine place of wanting to serve your audience. And I, I think those are the podcasts to me that pop off so much because it's like, this is really meant to serve parents. And I think that's always a great special thing. So kudos to you. And I love it. And I'm happy and honored to be on the show. Well, thank you so much, Megan. And thank you again for being here. If you guys are listening and you liked this episode, please give it a five-star review. And again, that's not just so that we have a great review. It really helps other people find this podcast. It helps them find the episodes so that they can be helped the same way that you are by listening to it. 
you can also come and follow me at abigail.condon. Uh, Megan, was there anywhere that they can follow you? Yes. Yeah, they can go on um, Instagram at Megan L. Riley. It's M-E-G-A-N. And then my last name's R-E-I-L-L-Y with my middle initial L in between. So at Megan L. Riley. And that's like Facebook and Instagram. I'm also super active on LinkedIn. My little nerdy business side of myself is all over LinkedIn. So that's um, also at Megan L. Riley. And then at who is your mama pod on Instagram. People can, if they just want to check out the podcast, it's there. And then also um, really at, at Tippy Toes and Tippy is spelled T-I-P-P-I. And you can learn more about our dance classes and our franchise opportunities. So all of those things. But if you go to my Instagram, you can kind of get to all the places. So that's at Megan L. Riley. And um, yeah, I'd love to connect people and, and you know, talk mom stuff. Great. All right. So make sure that you follow both of us on Instagram and all the other social platforms. Have a great rest of your week. And remember that you were made to be a mother and you are the best mom for your child. We'll talk next week.